Welcome to the first episode of the Aligning 360 podcast. On this episode, I interview Connor Link of Condor Climbing. Connor is a climbing coach who is out to support people in fulfilling their potential through the medium of climbing. On this episode, we discuss how the experiences on the wall can give valuable wisdom that transfers to many different facets of life. It's always a pleasure speaking with Connor, and I hope you glean value for yourself in listening. Enjoy. Connor Link, welcome to my first podcast. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thanks for putting it on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I want to talk about you this time, man. I want to see what you're up to, how you got to where you are, and where you're going. So why don't you... Where uh, should I... You want me to start with like... Well, let's start. I mean, you're, you're doing climbing coaching. Yeah, and you're you've been doing uh, indoor coaching. Been working at ROKC. So t- this is like it's been about four years coaching, or like a little over three years of coaching there. Yeah, I started. Um, I initially got hired to like help help like get the thing put together because the yeah. gym wasn't open yet. Um, so a lot of like a lot of support and like helping build. ROKC and like get things together to help with the process um, and then the first couple years I was coaching the climbing team uh, so like a lot a lot of the kids for that came from um, the gym that I used to coach at mm. uh, down south the cave bouldering gym yeah so like a couple kids came straight from that and then it was just like trying to put that together and like um, I was by myself in yeah. the process so it was it wasn't as specific as it is now because I feel like I've been like slowly trying to get what I'm doing like more and more focused mm. just so I'm not spread out yep because then I was like I was a manager at the gym like I was working at the gym but also running the climbing team so yep. I was really two people like I was kind of acting as two wearing people. multiple hats yeah yeah um, which yeah. which was tough yeah, which was really tough. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so I coached team. I traveled with the team. I went to competitions. We went to nationals, which is pretty cool. Got the opportunity to go to nationals every year um, that I was coaching team. Was that something that you were interested in from the get-go? Were you always interested in moving in the direction of competition? I So I knew it was something. I knew I was interested in coaching. Yeah. I knew I was interested in coaching kids, too. Yeah. Um, I'd really enjoyed the dynamic of like coaching kids for sure um i've never really been like super interested in climbing competition though like you yourself participating in them right yeah and just like the since i started climbing and i started training because i was really excited to like go on outdoor adventures mm-hmm. um it was quite a it was quite a shift to to be coaching um a team like that i really enjoyed it but it was hard because, like, the competition itself, like, like, kind of how that was working wasn't really... Not that it wasn't aligned, mm. but it was, like, since I wasn't super interested in competition... Right. It's hard to, like... It's hard to, like, uh, empathize with, with the kids that are, that are doing it. Yeah. Because for me, it's, like, I was only concerned with if they were... If growth was happening. Right. Like, how they did it at the competition was just, like, it was kind of a measure for them to see. Right. But like, I 
was seeing. Right, right. Like, a competition didn't have to tell me where they were at. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, you weren't you weren't grading them by how well they did in competition. You were grading them based on how good of a climber they were. I or, was grading them on their on their character. Got it, got it. I, character first. And why is that? Why not? Because I think sometimes you might think, well, it's like, well, why does character matter when the objective is to to climb or is that the objective i don't know yeah you know yeah that's that, a good question <laughs> yeah that's that's kind of the question i had to ask myself i had to ask myself is are the results more important than the future got it cuz like i'd rather set kids up to be better people yeah um and then the competition just be something that you know they can still do really well yeah. in that, yeah. or they might do better because they're good people. Yeah. But that was like always the focus was like first, because like first I was literally like, okay, first I have to make like a good, I have to make like a healthy space for yeah. these kids. Yeah. I have to set up like, figure out how to set up boundaries, like not make them like each other, mm-hmm. but create a space that like they know that like, talking about each other yeah or bringing that into it is not something that i'm interested in or that can happen yeah so it's just like creating camaraderie yeah help creating support so that was like the first year it was literally like i'm just gonna like try to make this like a safe space for these kids yeah and like an enjoyable space for these kids like the training didn't even come until like year two i feel like yeah, um, yeah. Year one was all just like setting them up for success. Yeah, and then yeah. like getting into the nitty gritty of the climbing. It's like team building, you know, yeah, like like exactly. cultivating some team spirit there. Literal and like, like literal and um, non-literal, like setting up. Yeah, mm. exactly. Got it. So help me, help me connect, because you said that. Uh, you wanted to, to help them become good people. So help me connect how climbing and making people good people right. uh, come together. Like, how is that useful? So um, teaching them about the process. Mm-hmm. So effort is like learning is always the end goal. Yeah. And effort is, effort is like kind of the continual focus. So if you're mm-hmm. if you're like putting in effort and like yeah. showing up and supporting those around you, yeah, like and you're learning from that, that's like you're always setting yourself up for success and like it's it's just gonna it's just gonna work. Yeah. And I feel like that transcends climbing. Like if you if you have that mindset for anything you do, yeah, then you're setting yourself up for success. So it's transferable to other areas you know it's like it sounds like it's 100% transferable to other areas of your life because it's it's kind of similar to like something that I say a lot which is willingness is the only requirement exactly yeah and for me it was like and that's and I can talk about like the uh, brave and and that coming into play like for sure yeah we definitely want to get into that kind of after that first year but Mm -hmm. yeah I was just like trying to figure out what like a what an environment of growth looked like to me. Yeah. And then like trying to communicate that and get that like, 
so I think one thing was finding like the older kids that I thought could eventually like kind of come into my shoes Mm -hmm. and just like sharing with them that like I see them as somebody that could you know be a coach or or do what I was doing yeah so then they would take more ownership because that was the biggest thing was ownership was like kind of the focus um, of the first couple years of team it was like if you guys can take more ownership of your climbing I can do my job better because then you'll be interested in what you need to do or what you think you need to do and I can just support you in that right Um, so now they're self-motivated yeah based on they have a process mindset and they're self-motivated yes like if if I could get that, then I knew that like because I was by myself at that point, it was just me. Right. So it was like I need to figure out a way to um, to like kind of get them to coach themselves a little bit and help coach the other kids, um, so I can like do my job better and for like sure. make more time for the for the kids that like really need like specific um, instruction. Yeah, you were teaching them to fish. Yeah. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's like, you know how to bait your hook, you know how to set up your pole, you know how to throw it in the water, you know how to wait. Now, let me go to these little guys that, you know, let me show them how to tie their hook, let me show them how to bait their hook, let me show them how to cast, let me... Yeah, so it's like teaching them to fish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So once that was was more set up and established, um, and then I kind of just, like, asked. Like, I didn't really ask anyone, I kind of just was asking um, for help. Yeah. And then um, Grady yeah. started climbing at the gym. Yeah. And I, he was kind of just like climbing with the team for fun. And I was like, you know, I think he would be a good, I think he would be good support and like a good person for, for team. Like, yeah. I think he would be a good coach. And the same day, that I was going to ask him. Yeah. He asked me. Nice. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, I think this is in alignment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It seems pretty synchronistic. <laughs> it's, nice, right it's nice when it works out like that. For sure. Uh, so that really helped me because then I, I've i always kind of been like, uh, not necessarily big picture, but kind of. Like obviously, like I said earlier, how like creating that space is most important Mm -hmm. that allowed me to make sure that like everybody was taken care of and Grady could like be the specialist that's great and like really dive into individual kids and like really get into like the really nitty-gritty and the higher level stuff yeah that some of those kids are ready for and I could still be that like kind of trying to see everybody and making sure that everybody was taken care of yeah it's kind of like you were you were holding the perimeter while he was in there kind of teaching some of the more technical stuff. Yeah. So he was like, you were in that way, like responsible for the container for growth to emerge and that to emerge against or with a, a broad spectrum of kids and that he was there to focus on more of like at an individual level. Yeah. Yeah. And that was hard for me at first because it, it was like, I was really, um, subseding a lot of a lot of control Mm. Um, I was also trusting Mm. like I had to put a lot of trust into Grady and and that um, you know he knew what he was doing yeah and I I truly believe that yeah but it's like it's hard to like build something and then kind of give it away 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you feel attached to your role as like the one that was supposed to be in there teaching at kids? first? Like the yeah. At first, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, I think for Grady, our relationship was helpful because just as it improved and as the communication got better, yeah, like we were comfortable like telling each other like like one of us would have an idea and it would be like that's not quite it right or like i don't know if that works because right and it allowed me to it allowed us to work a lot of stuff out um, for ourselves too for sure like it was like i think it's kind of like this yeah and then he would be like it's kind of like this for me and i'd be like oh I've never thought about it like that. Maybe it is like that. Yeah. So it was yeah. a very synonymous relationship to where um, he's so technically minded. Right. That, and I'm, my mind is more, like I'm really interested in like really transferable truths. Yeah. So I'm always trying to make connections. Got it. So it was helpful for me to be like, have these like really broad like ideas and like kind of far out there ideas and he could be like well we could probably accomplish that by doing this right right okay so it sounds like you were more uh goal oriented and he was more process oriented yeah for sure yeah um so that relationship was really helpful in like bringing stuff um to a more tangible level yeah and yeah, it just worked really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like a synergistic relationship that uh, really helped you guys uh, refine and distill down into, you know, the the most meaningful, uh, applicable, uh, sort of the nitty gritty of, of what it's all about. Yeah. And you guys were participating in that process yourself. You guys were also participating in the Absolutely. the growth and the learning process. We both improved so much in our climbing through yeah. that process too. Yeah. Um, because we were just like, we were constantly like questioning and like improving. Yeah. Yeah. Because we had to. Yeah. Um, because we always had, we, like we needed, because with kids it's like, sure, like, repetition is helpful but also like it's nice to not do the same thing every day because mm. they're kids like they want to play right like if play is not always like one of the most important things for yeah. a kid it's like it kind of loses its kind of loses its steam a bit yeah i want to go a little bit more into that because you're a person you know that really uh I feel like holds the space of play. Yeah. Like it's just like a, almost like a rudimentary aspect of your personality. And it, and it comes off as something that one is really valuable. Uh, but two, it, it seems to be essential to you mm-hmm. and your well being. Yeah. So, so let's, you know, yeah, let's dive in a little bit more about play and why, why you feel like that's so important and, and what that is uh, for you. Play keeps my innocence intact. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just across the board. Like, yeah. when you're playing, especially when you're, when you're playing and that play is, like, creating growth and there is, like, 
there is like hardship and there is tension yeah in that play yeah it's like you're keeping your innocence intact yeah. but you're also like you're growing as a person yeah so yeah yeah it's like your your innocence i really like the way that you say you're keeping your innocence intact and it's almost like play is the antidote to seriousness and sometimes oh absolutely dude yeah and it's like when we're when we're taking a process too seriously we can become a little too rigid in it we can become a little too attached to an outcome that can sometimes impede and prevent us from from successfully reaching that mark yeah yeah and uh, especially because a lot of climbers tend to be like like really smart people yeah like really process driven people yeah um, lots of engineers like um, lots of people that have like that process mindset yeah that like this 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 to do this right you know like they know the intricacies of a lot of different really like complex complex system. yeah yeah complex systems well and and you guys even call the routes problems don't you yeah yeah so the bouldering is problems okay like when you're climbing uh when you're climbing with no gear and you're supported by like a spotter and a pad that's bouldering and the climbs are called problems yeah um and there's routes for like sport climbing that's roped climbing yeah so but there's also problems like a lot of times if there's a difficult part of a sport climb you'll call that a problem it's like there's a problem inside of the route because it's it. like a difficult sequence that you need to have dialed ah. so you can get through it so you don't burn a lot of unnecessary energy well and that seems like it's uh, that's pretty obvious how it's transferable to life because life seems to always be throwing us some problem or some yeah. sort of obstacle that we have to negotiate and usually the problem is big yeah so you can't just you can't just try to like solve the whole thing at yeah. once. Yeah. So you have to break it up into more di digestible pieces. So yeah. Yeah. All of it, all of it, is just like so. Climbing now is like literally how I relate to life. Yeah. Um, and I think the process of like really figuring out like what that was for me. Yeah. And like getting it really dialed was like that that team atmosphere. Yeah. Do you feel like it's aided you in your ability to negotiate the obstacles of life more effectively? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because <laughs> now I can just be like, like that doesn't feel right. Like that's not in alignment. Yeah. Because I can look at it. I can look at it from like a climbing perspective. Yeah. I can be like, would that serve me in this? No. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's probably not going to serve me in this then. Yeah. You know, because it all, it all works together it's yeah. all it's all synonymous yeah yeah uh, so definitely absolutely that's great man well there you go people look him up you want to learn how to neg negotiate your problems a little bit more effectively <laughs> yeah take on climbing <laughs> literally and <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's so that was kind of the start that's how i kind of distilled like my um what would you even call that like my ideal yeah like kind of what like really figuring out like what was important to me and like yeah just navigating what was important yeah well let's talk about that because you have uh you have a bit of a framework around that, that you've shared with me where you right. look at what are people's value like yeah. why are you climbing yeah yeah okay so 
that was I feel like that came a little bit later yeah um, do you want to talk about like the framework of the breath like that whole because wherever I, you want to begin because that came first okay okay um, we can just boom 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 so um, the breath work came next yeah. so I was doing a lot of research into into breath and I was I noticed it for myself that's why I fell in love with sport climbing yeah I went on a sport climbing trip to the Red River Gorge that's why that place is like kind of near and dear to me because it's like where it all began yeah if I don't if you don't have yourself right yeah when you're climbing out there yeah you're just gonna your arms are gonna explode and you're, yeah. you're yeah. coming off of the wall yeah pretty quick yeah uh so it taught me like how to like how to how to have control of my breath and like what yeah. that looks like and then I came back and um, was trying to figure out how to share that with the kids like share the breath like how important it was to me with the kids yeah so um, Nick was the first climber that I like experimented with it with and I, literally for a whole I think we spent like I just spent with him probably an hour and a half or two hours one session just with him on I just I was literally like all I want you to focus on is your breathing yeah I don't want you to focus on anything else while you're climbing yeah and uh, dude just like buttery smooth nice just the smoothest I've ever seen him climb and like just effortless dude yeah just like he he climbed how he always can yeah you know yeah Cause, like he's a very smart kid yeah and like he he's always got like these ideas and like just like creativity and ideas just flow like so effortlessly yeah so for him like he like quieting that while he's climbing is like really helpful yeah yeah because uh, you can't be in your head right when you're climbing right so i just noticed him just like just effortlessly climbing like still really hard terrain like yeah. he didn't climb anything like at his hundred percent necessarily that day yeah but like just how easy all of it looked that day for him yeah was like i was like okay there's something here mm. like absolutely something here so that must have been cool to see how something that you went out you learned for yourself then you brought that back you you gave that to someone who you could see his potential already and you were like okay focus on this and then you really watched him come alive in that like you really saw it you really saw it be effective. I saw myself in him. Yes, yes. So what do you, okay, so I wanna talk a little bit about that, but, but first, um, you said something about you can't be in your head when you're climbing. Yeah. And what is it, what is it about breathing that uh, keeps you out of your head and why, why not be in your head when you're climbing? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Well, you got to think about what you're doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, breath. My understanding of breath is that it brings me into like the present moment because it brings me into my body. That's right. So it brings my awareness down into yes. my body. Yes. Um, and it it allows me to navigate from a body awareness. Yes. I have I have full. I have like full agency over my body yeah and I yeah and I'm moving fluidly and my brain is still working right 
but I'm not, my awareness isn't there. It's yeah. in my body. Yes, yes. So it's not necessarily, your brain is still working. Yes. When you're, when you're in that zone. And that's, yes. I think that's the common misconception. Because people a lot of times will be like, well, if I focus on my breath and I'm not focusing on like my sequence or what I'm doing, but it's like your brain is still working. Right. Just because your awareness is in your body doesn't mean that, you know, the top awareness isn't still, your brain isn't working. It's probably working better. Yes. Because it just does, it can just operate. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So. Because you're not isolated in that single domain and since you're using your body to get up the wall it seems a pretty important uh domain to focus yeah yeah and i think one one uh important thing about climbing is you you, it's like you can't be too rigid Mm. you have to leave room for intuition Mm. and creativity Mm. because even if you have a sequence completely dialed like it doesn't mean that everything is going to go that way yeah I've had climbs that I had a sequence dialed like perfectly, mm-hmm. but since I, in that moment, was like in my breath, in my body, moving intuitively, I was able to figure out a um, like an intuitive solution in that moment. Mm. It was like like I can't think of anything super specific, but just like not finding a rest before that. But since you're really tired and you just need a rest like that's just what you need at that moment you find it because you have to Mm. and then you rest Mm. and you finish it Mm. so like yeah we can get into all the whole thing with that because that's a whole i have a because rest is up next right i have a framework that's part of the the brave framework is and that might be a good time to jump into that because yeah part of that brave framework is like understanding like there's a ground assessment. Yeah. There's an assessment that you make while you're still on the ground. And then there's assessments that you make while you're climbing. Right. And it's, it's different. Like yeah. What you're looking for is different because, yeah. So the second, the second climber uh, was, was uh, Zoe. And we have two Zoes. So it was the older Zoe. Yeah. Um, and we were sport climbing. It was sport climbing season. So I shared the same thing with her. Um, we were climbing a... I can't remember if we were doing a... No, we were just climbing a difficult climb for her. And the climb happened to be one that was, like, uh, you you got, like, really fatigued, like, anaerobic fatigue. So, like, your arms were, like, like filling up. And eventually you can't hold on anymore because um, you're at a lack of oxygen and your arms are filling up with yeah. blood. So, like, you just... Eventually you can't hold on anymore. Yeah. Um, so I asked her the same thing. I was like, for this go, all I want you to focus on is your breath. Mm. And she completed the climb and Mm. it was like, it, it just, there was like a, there was like a palpable felt sense. Mm. Like it was, like it felt powerful. Mm. Like there was an energy about it, Mm. you know, that Mm. was like something was absolutely different there yeah and the only the only thing that i knew was absolutely different was the awareness yes so i was like okay there again there's something here right you know so that was like i felt like that it was kind of proved twice Mm. so then i knew like okay 
this is effective. This is a thing. Like, yeah. There's something here. Yeah. How can I make this as palpable as possible? Right. So. So is that where you looked at how to structure it? Yeah. Yeah. I knew, like, I was reading um, Eric Horst's uh, training for climbing book at the time. Uh-huh. And I was also reading uh, The Rock Warrior's Way. Okay. It was, uh, that's, uh, um, I'm forgetting... Arno Elgner, that okay. was his book. So I was reading those two books, and both books had like acronyms. Mm. Uh, but I felt like with with an acronym, with the one that I wanted to create, it needed to have like the acronym itself needed to have a very strong, I guess, theme is like close, like a relevant significance. Yeah, like the the acronym itself the word needed to have enough significance where without knowing the the uh each letter yeah. it still was important yeah yeah uh so that was like kind of the start and that was the birth of brave yeah so brave was like i think i can't remember what i did first i think i found yeah actually yeah I, that was i found i knew breath was it Primary. That was number one. Yeah. So I went through a bunch of words with B. Yeah. And Brave came up, and I was like, that feels powerful because we've talked about this is like courage is like choosing something difficult, and bravery is like continuously to ch- choosing something difficult. That's right. And I feel like that's what breath allows you to do is it allows you to continually choose something difficult and uh, strenuous and of tension and like choose to be in it. Hmm. Like, breath has always allowed me to accomplish that. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, well, what's next? And I started thinking first, like, started thinking first is, like, meditation. Like, what would, what is, like, a good work through to, to settle you into, like, your body? Mm. And um, so R was next, and that was reset. Mm. So posture is, like, incredibly important, as as you definitely know. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, well, well, posture first, though? And I was like, no, because breath feels like it's number one. Like, right. I kept having to do that with, like, the ordering of it. Yeah. I was like, no, yeah. breath's still number one. Posture's important. But first you have to bring, bring, it, bring it down. Yeah. Bring it in. Yeah. Um, and posture, I, know, I knew with, like, competition, like, having correct posture will boost their confidence. So, like if they go into it with better posture than their competitor, like they're, they're like, yeah, they have an advantage because literally just their posture is better. That's right. So I was like, okay, posture is important. So breathing and then resetting your posture, mm. that feels important. So then I kind of started to think about it as like meditation, like in meditation, oftentimes you'll like get, get to a position that like is like confident, but comfortable. Yes. I would say it's like yeah. it's like the the warrior's posture. It's like it's like shoulders back. Stand up straight with your shoulders back. Yep. You've got your yeah. heart exposed, so you're strong, but one of the one of the most vulnerable parts vulnerable parts of you is exposed. Yes. It's like okay, that's that feels important. Yes. Uh, so that was our and then assess was was next and I was like okay, assessments are important in climbing. Um, that's cerebral though, so I knew I had to be careful with uh, 
like what that is mm. assessment wise and I've I learned that um, assessment is your body assessment mm. so it's it's all it's all assessing through the awareness that you're in so is if, that like is that like taking stock in where you have resources and where you don't yes okay you're taking stock of um, you're taking stock of where the fatigue is yeah um, you're taking stock of where you feel strong like what sides of you needs rest um, you're taking stock of um, kind of where you're at mm. just in general like in this space where are you and I noticed that like so during a climb awareness can be awareness can be more um in your body because that's where it needs to be yeah um when you're not climbing the awareness can be more up here yeah because that's that's where it needs to be for we're recording bro we're recording we don't have anything you're good so the awareness uh the awareness can be like in your in your cerebral more when you're on the ground and you're like assessing risk and yeah. stuff like that yeah because that was the important thing that i knew i needed to that i knew i needed to realize was or that i realized was like awareness you can only take in so much yeah uh depending on the situation yeah and like different parts of your awareness is helpful mm. depending on the situation right right so i figured out that on the ground like okay that's when your awareness can be on like risk and assessing risk and figuring out like integral parts like how to break up the climb mm. like, really digging into the process right on the wall like during a climb the awareness is in your body got it uh, because you're moving you're you know you're like going through difficult movements like that's where the awareness needs to be because if the awareness tries to go up into the mind it's gonna try to paint the picture, but mm. you're you you're you can't like you can't see everything that you're trying to think about, so you like build in everything that you're afraid of. The fear just like comes in. It starts to compound because you're acutely focused on one aspect of it, and it sort of it sort of uh, lowers the resolution of other potential and other possibilities. Yeah in the assessment exactly so yeah. it's like you you just you can't take in all the information that you'd like to because you you just can't be fully present to it right because you're like your broadband is shrunk <laughs> yeah you're in a you're in the climb yeah yeah so that was awareness and then uh v was visualize so that was kind of like um that can be visualizing when you're on a climb like kind of visualizing closing your eyes if you're on like a place of rest like visualizing your next sequence mm. like seeing yourself climbing something before you climb it yeah it's extremely important yeah it's like i mean people talk about all the time how visualizing success is important because if you can see yourself doing something then you can probably do it yeah yeah so it's like that that's important um and then visualization also is like visualizing on the ground mm. so like climbing the climb while you're still on the ground got it like being as uh, getting as close as you can to like the feeling of the climb while yeah. you're still on the ground, uh, yeah, felt important. Yeah, so it's almost like it's almost like 
bringing the conceptual awareness into a somatic experience. Like as much as you can see yourself, okay, there's some steps there. I would put my foot there, okay. Then I would step up with my right foot and I would grab that left hold. Right. And from there, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not only that, but like, like that's, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. a huge part of it. Yeah. And then I think it like moving, I think once that's like the first step is like being able to do that. Yeah. And then you start actually moving your body into yeah. those positions while you're still on the ground. Yes. Uh, so I've done exercises and it always looks so strange where like if it's an overhung climb because mm-hmm. you can't like do the leg movements without laying down. Right. So I'll have people lay down and go through the climb and like you can heel hook on the ground and you can feel what it would feel like to pull that heel in and take the weight off. And yeah. So yeah, just getting as close as you can to the real thing Yeah. before you do it. And then you can add layers onto that as you get like as you try the climb you know if it's something really difficult you can get closer and closer to the real thing while you're still on the ground Mm. that way like if i've worked on a project for long enough i can be laying in bed and i can see myself climb the whole thing Mm. like move by move just Mm. like boom and that and that and then i'll do that and like just like crystal clear yeah um so that's like it's like mental drilling yeah yeah it really is yeah yeah and I didn't really have, like, I started to see the connection, of course, with other sports after I started, like, digging into that. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, super important to be able to visualize. Nice. So that was visualize. And nice. then Enjoy was actually the last one. Yeah. It, it's changed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'll, yeah. I'll kind of talk about, I think it's kind of interesting how that happened. Yeah. So Enjoy, I knew that... Uh, Staying creative and holding the uh, innocence, I felt like enjoy was very important because um, it like reminds you at the end of it like why you're doing it mm. because you need to enjoy like enjoying right. enjoyment is very important because like play is so important to me so mm. it was kind of like almost a reminder to myself at first like have some fun with the whole thing right you know yeah and then. I was talking to my friend Jonathan mm-hmm. at Messenger Coffee, and he was like, "He was like, what about Express though?" And I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. I like had to stand up because it like, like there it is. I felt it so much because it yeah. was like, yeah, that was it. Yeah, because some points of it won't feel enjoyable. Yes, <laughs> and that's just like how it's gonna be. Like some of it's gonna feel painful. Right. Some of it's gonna get emotional. Right. Like sometimes, like like military term is embracing the suck yeah yeah that's sometimes what has to happen yeah um because when you're especially when you're working on something that you're not that great at like it's gonna be a fail fest yeah and that's okay yeah so express felt important because it was like express doesn't demonize like you express it anything you need to right if you need to express pain you yell really loud yeah if you need to express excitement you express excitement. Right. You need to express enjoyment and like bliss, you express that. Like right. whatever you need to express, you can now express it because you've worked your way down. Yeah. Um, so that felt like that felt good. That felt like that felt good. Like yeah. It it. And when you it's it's almost like too that the enjoyment is just kind of a, a byproduct of moving through 
difficult experiences. Right, because you always come out of it. Not always, but like most of the time when you come out of a difficult experience like that, there was, if you complete a climb that you've been working on for years, you celebrate that for, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, I'm going to go higher on like, <laughs> than what I really think it is, yeah. a few hours. Okay. And then it's on to the next. Yeah. yeah. So like if you're focused on, if you're focused on that, like getting it done. Yeah. Like, are you, you really want to going to, are you going to want to train for months and like get a couple hours of enjoyment out of that? Like that sounds horrible. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, if that's the finish line, if that's, if that's like the, if that's always just like where, like what you see most important is getting it done. Mm. Like that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to stay with it. Yeah. So yeah, you. I, I think you're right. It's like starting with the breath, ending with expression. Yeah. Is, is gonna really help in keeping like that growth mindset and um, getting through difficult times. Yeah. I want to get your perspective on this because you know, as you've been speaking, there's been this sort of image forming in my mind, and I'm curious what you think about it. Um. But I kind of see the, the brave method set up in like a concentric circle model instead of a linear progression. Because all throughout the climb, it's like even it starts with breath in the center. Mm. And then it goes out a circle into reset. Yeah. And then it goes out a circle into assess. But, but those are sort of like you want to keep coming back. You want to keep like, so there's, there's this constant assessment. So it's not just like, okay, I breathe right. and then I reset. Yeah. But it's like, it's like, there's a, there's a sort of like you, mixing back and forth. You and, could go to any other letter, but breath that's, and that's funny. Cause that's what I, I almost explain it yeah. and teach it as a concentric circle. I've never like put that model together like that. Yeah. So I appreciate that. For that sure. Definitely. Yeah, because it's like I always say, the breath is the only thing you can always rely on. Yeah, so, so it's central. So it's central yeah. at all times. Like, yeah. That's the one, Any if anything happens, that's that's number one. Yeah. That's what you start with. Yeah. And, like, that's how I, that's what made it easier for me to find, like, the word, mm. you know? Mm. But, yeah, that makes sense because you're always coming back to the breath, but there always may be something. Now you got to visualize like, while you reset. Right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you you may. But it, it's or also you have to express when you breathe. Yeah. Like. <sighs> yeah. 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 It's like it could go out of order. I think when you're trying to get into a restful state. Yeah. You keep the order. Yeah. I think that's the distinction. Got it. Is it's like if you're trying to get into like a state of rest or calm yeah you follow that order yeah but yeah. when you're in it yeah you can branch out and you can um get out of that order mm. Mm. i think that's i think that's a distinction nice because if i'm at a rest i need to breathe yep i need to reset yep so i can get into a position of reset so i'm not still in, like i'm engaging as little as possible yeah and then like i need to go through my body and assess what needs rest then I can actually visualize what's next or literally where I'm at. Yeah. And then I can express. Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like the R could be, you know, run parallel rest reset. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, essentially, that's what's what's happening when you're doing the reset, right? Like you're you're resting and then assessing. Right. Yeah, and and is that water? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, Something's dripping. That's what. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good distinction, and that model is. Yeah, I will definitely draw it up as that because I think you're right. That's you can go out of order, but you always have to start with the breath. Mm. I think that's kind of like the distinction there. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And so when you started implementing this brave method, what kind of results did you start seeing? Just fucking enjoyment. Yeah. Like people were ha- enjoying themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. Cause yeah. like, <laughs> you know, cause yeah. it's really, cause easy. why not? It's really easy to take, like start with something yeah. that you enjoy more yeah. than anything and then take it real seriously yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah, yeah. let's th- squeeze all the enjoyment out of this yeah. that i possibly can because it means so much to me yeah <laughs> it's like man i wish this was a cool me off it's like it's dry it doesn't have any water on it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put some water on put it some dude water on it, man. you're skipping steps <laughs> yeah <laughs> so <laughs> you forgot what's important you forgot why you're here yeah so it, I think it brought people back to uh, why they're there. That's great. Um, and like I always say, I always like I always still say it. My two sayings that I always come back to are: don't turn it into a dragon. Yeah. Uh, and um, it might get spiritual. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the first time you said that to me uh, when I went to the gym with you. <laughs> And I think you were actually telling me about somebody that was up on the wall because you would have them do these drills where uh, it kind of reminds me of the basketball drills. I forget what it's called, maybe suicides, where you run to the first line, you come back, grab a ball, run to the second line, come back, grab a ball. But this yeah. way you're running to a, or you're climbing to a rung, then you're coming down, and then you're climbing yeah. to the next, then you're coming down, then you're climbing to the third. And I remember you saying, like, that it really gives people the opportunity one to see what they're capable of under pressure and two that it might get spiritual up there yeah yeah and i it's because i think what happens is they experience themselves as the creator of their experience yes which is like what yeah. <laughs> but, yeah yeah but i think that's what happens yes they, they're like oh my god like i created like that experience for myself and like i am capable of so much more than i thought i was exactly yeah, and that's something that I use a lot in my coaching and, and that has been uh, paramount you know, to my growth, which is realizing that, that perceived limitations are not the same as actual limitations. Yeah. And when you, when you start to get right to that edge of what you perceive as a limitation, usually if you put that effort into it, you'll find that there's actually like a much more in the tank than what you thought. Absolutely. And I think it's important uh, for people to really get into that tank because it's like there's this latent capacity within them that they're almost blind to until they see it for themselves. That's why I love like anaerobic climbing is like climbing at a lack of oxygen so you're like exerting a lot yeah and that's like what that drill does yeah it's like what are you capable of when you almost have nothing left yeah it's like everything still everything still everything still everything still and people like learn how much they actually have yeah um which yeah they they 
they increase the tank. Like they they now have a bigger tank because yeah. they actually are aware, aware of, of what they have. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, that seems useful. That seems <laughs> useful. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and that's why it's like. Uh, that's why it's. So yeah, ne- I guess yeah the where we're at now or yeah. like how that all shook out. Yeah. So I realized how much I loved working with people one on one. Yeah. And I felt that it was is probably time for me to help put people in place that were like more excited about the competition side of it. Yeah. Uh, because I felt like I felt like the the container had been created. That's right. You yeah. know, so I was like, cool, like this thing can stand on its own now. Yeah, this thing this thing is it, yeah, it, it's I think it's okay now. Yeah. And uh, so then I was like, okay, I want to coach people one on one. Like I want to I want to see what that's like to like really try to connect with people one on one. So that's when I started coaching people one on one through the gym. Yeah. And then that slowly built until I like slowly like phased in. Yeah. Um, someone else into the like leadership position and then I slowly like focus more and more on the individual coaching. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about uh, you use the word you wanted to connect uh, more with people. And I can kind of see for myself why that's important, but but why why do you use that word? So being in a like leadership role, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like uh, okay so this is one just because you own a climbing gym doesn't mean you're going to climb a lot sure so I think that's what I was realizing is like I'm a climbing coach Mm -hmm. uh, but my role is like this support like leadership position doesn't allow me as much time to really connect with each individual one on one Mm. like it allowed me to connect with the group I think a lot because we had we had this like um, circle of stoke is what we called it. Yeah. So like every time after practice, everyone would go around and they would say like something they were really excited about that they saw one of their teammates do. Yeah. Um, so it was like I was feeling the connection, but it wasn't like really specific. Mm. And I think the really specific connection is really important to me. Yeah. So I kind of started to move more in that direction. Gotcha. Is that kind of? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I, so maybe I'll say some things about that because I've, I've noticed for myself that, um, and, and I think that this is one thing that you do just naturally, like, and sometimes we can't always see our contribution. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a me share and then acknowledge you as well. Yeah. Um, but I've noticed that if like when I ran the bar program at Cafe Gratitude, it was sometimes, uh, difficult to not become kind of dictatorial and and authoritarian yeah and and what i would notice is when that would come up i would notice it as being ineffective and it was ineffective because it was like these people aren't doing what i need them to be doing so that i'm fulfilling my role effectively so it's like okay well i'm responsible for this experience I'm responsible for this feeling. And if I want to be effective in having people uh, listen to me, it's important that they not feel 
disrespected by me or it's important that they not feel made wrong by me. Yeah. And and when I could deal with my experience and then connect with them in a way that was like I empathize with your experience. Like I see like there's a lot going on, there's a lot to do and all that. And this, you know, these are the tasks that need to be handled. But, you know, what's in the way? Like what's going on? Like yeah. is everything okay? Yeah. You know, are you is you know, and then usually they would share something with me because I think most people know when they're missing the mark. Right. You know? And you, feel, you just feel it. And if you if you have on top of that pressure and criticism they're going to feel, uh, you know, for lack of better terms, oppressed in some way. They're going to feel like pushed down, and that is one way, you know, to uh, catalyze change. Oh yeah. But it's ineffective in the long run. Yeah. Because now you lose the connection. Now, now there's not um, the the respect and the mutual um, support of one another is now destroyed. It's mute. Yeah. yeah. And so, and so I think that I think that to be an effective leader, maintaining a connection with the people that you're working with is important. Yeah. Because, you know, and and this is something that I noticed about you pretty early on, is that. Uh, you're pretty open-hearted when it comes to the way that you express yourself with people. And um, that transfers and that translates. And it's like, oh, wow, I can show up here. Like, it's like, and, and I think sometimes people shy away from that or they run away from that, but I also think that people crave that. You know, like, I think that people crave connection where it's like, oh, I'm not going to be judged or reprimanded for my my failures or inadequacies and in actuality it calls those things forth it calls the good nature forth it calls the potential forth because you're treating them as if they're worthy of that kind of experience and you know I notice this even with myself like when I'm practicing jiu-jitsu or something like that where it's like I can sometimes be hard on myself like oh fuck I didn't get that or oh like oh and I'll notice that. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. That's not. That, that's not useful here. It's not making anything better. And if somebody was to exploit that, you know, if they were to like, you're doing it wrong. Like, what do you? No, it's like this. Like that. Not, not that there's without direction, but that like, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. Like I've had people like that I've been rolling with. That they're like, it's okay. You're, yeah. You're learning. You know. Yeah. And and that does something to alleviate uh, our relationship with failure. And if you don't have a good relationship with failure where it's okay to fail, then... You're setting yourself up for failure. Totally. Of the worst kind. (laughs) Because now you're going to avoid the experience of failure, which failure is a prerequisite to growth. Because in order to learn something new, you don't know anything about it. So you got to fail until you learn. And then you'll learn. Yeah. But if you if you run away from failure, you're it, yeah, it's a non-starter already. Yeah, I think, and that's part of all like all the processes that I've trying I've trying to been put in is like, don't judge the damn thing. 
Right. Just like keep playing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like when people say, ah, this hold is bad or yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, blaming, blaming our inadequacies on circumstances. Yeah. You say you, you talk about that a little bit. Um, when people are like, ah, this hold is bad or, oh, this hold is wrong. And it's like, well, is it? Or is your position wrong? Yeah. 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 Or is your position just like not quite in alignment? It's like, there's so many things that you can make adjustments on before you go there. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't ever have to go there. You don't even have to go there. Yeah. 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 It's not, it's not useful because then you give all of your power, you give all of your ability to respond. So now you're no longer responsible for your experience. Yeah. Now it's, now it's life's fault. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're, you're kind of submitting. Yeah. And it's not to say that there aren't difficult things. It's like, if the thing is out of reach, it's out of reach. Yeah. You know, but, and I've literally had that happen with kids. It's like some of the clients are literally out of reach like they can't reach it right so you have to like help them find ways to like either make adjustments to the climb give them extra things they can use it's yeah. like support that's a big thing too it's like just because it's a thing doesn't mean it can't be adjusted or changed or and because there's just because there's rules it does there's no rules there's just guidelines right and i think with climbing there's a lot of like kind of guidelines that are that are uh seen as hard rules yeah and i think it can get you stuck yeah yeah well that's when it that's when you know it becomes dogmatic Mm -hmm. like i remember i remember learning like oh this is this is the utility of dogma because dogma preserves the structure but it's just a basic structure that requires your own experience, your own creativity, your own unique way of negotiating that, that gives you a more well-rounded sense of competency where it's like the structure's there if you need to utilize it. It just kind of puts you, gives you a place to come back to, but, and, and it's useful because you can't always, sometimes things are too, uh, complex to like I'll, I'll put it into into jiu-jitsu terms it's like you can't know all the ways there's always an attack and there's always a reversal to an attack and so it's like you can't know all of those things if you're just starting out but if you have a basic structure to come back to okay get on your back get on your side get them in guard okay protect your neck okay like these are basic structures but you can't just protect your neck because now your arm's exposed. Yeah. You know, now this is exposed. So it's like that structure isn't meant to be like, this is the right thing. This is just a place to come back to when you get lost, when you end up in chaos. And the more that you, the more that you build on those structures and the more that you learn inside of that chaos, the more you can put those structures, you can order those uh, operations more effectively. And then you start to build your own structures. But it's like to to rely only on a structure as the right thing and then get upset that that structure didn't work out. It's like, well, you just need more. You need more. Like yeah. you need, and so like learning comes in. So, yeah. So do you see people uh, getting getting frustrated with some of the framework or do you feel like that framework 
gives them a place to come back to and, and land that I, I think as long as you keep it as uh, breath is is like if every everything else goes out the window just like have that yeah and I think it it works pretty well yeah because it's like all the other things are just kind of like like you said there it's kind of like your idea with jujitsu is like all these things are important and you can come back to them but if you just keep coming back to your breath mm-hmm. those other things might fall in place yeah. Um, yeah so it's like that that's why it, you're right like the center of, of that circle is definitely breath because mm-hmm. if you're coming back to your breath if you're relying on your breath oftentimes things will fall into place mm-hmm. um, but if but if you need you know those other things it can be helpful especially mm-hmm. in like just like use so that's what i've noticed too is like drilling very specifically with like guidelines Mm. and then just like letting more like allowing more freedom like you'll start applying Mm. and then you won't have to think about them anymore yeah so i think if you apply like more specifically at first yeah until it feels like almost second nature yeah then um it's just gonna you're just gonna have it I think that's exactly what it is too. Is it is just just to build that in as second nature. It's to build it into an instinctual awareness where now you don't have to think about it anymore. And I remember the first time I I went to an Aikido dojo. I remember he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna grab your arm, and then you move like this." And I remember thinking, like, I would never move like this. Yeah. Like if I was in a fight, I would never move like this. And it's like, no, you're missing the point. This is to help you build competency because you don't know how you would move. Yeah. There's all kinds of variables that you can't account for. And you might think that you would do it this way, but it's like if you if you learn the drills and if you build this into an instinctual awareness, you can actually now utilize that to your advantage because you're competent in how to move in those ways. Yeah. Like you're competent in like, oh, this is boom. It's like something's in chaos and then all of a sudden you recognize it. Like, oh yes, I drilled this thing at this specific moment so if i move this way now i know you know and so it's like it it yeah it helps kind of create it helps create competency and instinctual awareness like mm-hmm. muscle memory it, it it puts it into your intuitive like toolbox yes yeah just kind of like language you know like we don't focus on our words anymore but we had to build like a basic structure to learn okay letter makes this a makes ah you know whatever and then you okay go through that structure and then now you can form words okay words kind of work like this yeah and then you start to like oh now like speaking is just an intuitive thing exactly yeah like the like just one example of like one of those guidelines is like um like having light feet so you're you're stepping mm-hmm. and then you're putting weight on the step mm. it's like you're placing and then you're waiting so it's like a two-step literally two-step process yeah okay my toes here now i'm putting weight on it okay um practicing that just if you practice that enough and it starts to become second nature you're just you're gonna trust your footwork better and your yeah. footwork's gonna be like super clean so it's like you're getting into your feet you're actually you're actually now occupying your feet when it's on a hold instead of it just kind of like haphazardly resting there your awareness is completely on the feet until they're set where they need to be and then you can switch your awareness so it it like because i think controlling your awareness is like 
or guiding your awareness is like what I'm doing as a coach, but totally. also what you're doing when you're climbing. Yeah. So like if you can get really good at like guiding your awareness very specifically, and then you can trust mm. that you guided it to the spot that it needs to be. Mm. Now your awareness is on the next thing. Yes. And like, it's hard because you could get that foot, but like keeping tension mm. through that foot, through the next movement, mm. a lot of people lose that tension because um, they're not used to like keeping it, you know, like, mm. cause their awareness is on something else, but they still need that, like that pressure through the toe. Interesting. So it's like, there's like levels to it too. It's like, yeah. at first you guide your awareness really specifically. And then maybe you work on like keeping like toe pressure on your next move. And then eventually you're just going to keep that pressure through your feet because mm. you're just used to doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause you can, yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, that you say tension because the word that kept coming to me was attention. Yeah. You know, your attention is there and it's almost like attention, uh, is the, will of wait yeah attention is the will of awareness yeah like w-i-l-l will i'm willing my attention to be aware of this thing like of this experience or this sensation or this placement or this yeah i think it's like yeah it's like literally focusing on the tension yeah yeah a lot of times yeah um okay and so so now you're working with people on a more individual level. Yeah. Yeah. So then, um, you know, with with your help and a lot of help of, you know, my community, I started to realize that um, it was wearing on me. Mm. And I think that's because when I first started climbing, the outdoor experience was such an ingrained aspect of it. Yeah. And I felt like I wasn't... Um, I wasn't really getting that because I was teaching in the gym a lot. I was I wasn't like going on those adventures and yeah. Um, I felt like I I need things to bring back. Yes. You know. Yeah. So it's like I wasn't bringing any, anything back. So of course, if you're not, I, I was bringing like I still had concepts that I was building like through climbing in the gym, but it didn't feel as powerful. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like something needs to change here, and then that's when I, I realized that I needed to be expressing myself more. Mm. So I started my podcast. I started, I started writing first, then I started the podcast because I was just like, oh, I could just talk, and then that feels easier for me. Right, right. Uh, sometimes, or I can let someone else talk, and through them, like, we can arrive at something really important. For sure. So that felt cool. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I, I realized I started my company. I started Condor Climbing. Uh, because I wanted to coach people the same way as I'm doing in the gym, but just take them outside. Yeah. So oftentimes leveraging the gym to get people ready to experience, um, like what outside is like, like Mm. what it's like to climb outside. Yeah. Uh, so I've been slowly moving more into that realm, um, in recent times. And so what's your experience been moving into that realm? Like now that you're coaching people outside, what's the... It's hard to come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. been that's been the main struggle. It's just really hard to come back. Yeah. 
Uh, well, you're kind of setting yourself up, you know, to where you don't even have to anymore. You got the yeah. You got the van so that you can take yeah. people on the road trips and exactly and stay in it. You're gonna put a bed in there and kind of get it all set up to yes. be RV ready. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I think it'll be nice because I won't have to like. Right now, I, there's a need to come back because part of like my livelihood is is built in coaching in the gym. Yeah, but. I think it would be nice, you know, it'd be, like, I enjoy coaching in the gym still. Yeah. But it has to be, like, on my own terms, and, like, um, I have to be, like, really willing to do that. Yeah. So I think, you know, maybe branching out, coaching at other gyms, if I'm in a place for a while, that, and I, like, build a relationship there. Yeah. It's, like, share share it a little bit with, with more than just, like, the space in Kansas City. Yeah. Um, so like doing clinics and stuff like that. Because I have done a Brave clinic, and I, I enjoyed how it, how it went. Did you say a Brave clinic? Bla- brave. Oh, Brave clinic. Okay, like got teaching it. the acronym. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think the alignment just has felt like I always say mother takes care of me, like mother nature. Mother takes care of me so I can take care of whoever I'm with. Yeah. And that's how I feel when I'm when I'm outside and I'm yeah. climbing. It's just like, like the experience of being outside is like, is wonderful enough to where I, me and whoever I'm with after like three days is gonna just there's gonna be an effect regardless of what happens when we climb yeah the climbing is just like it just happens to also be awesome yeah you know yeah so it's like getting people in touch with nature and getting them settled in and then also pushing themselves yeah with climbing it's just like it's a great recipe for for growth and for a really powerful experience. Yeah, yeah, for you as well. And it's yeah. cool that it's cool that you're prioritizing that as like, well, this is what I need to stay fresh and relevant and keep myself like able to be effective at my role. That's what it feels like. Cause like, um, I feel like at first um, I was still like learning a lot of technique myself because I'd never really focused on that before. When yeah. I was first teaching. Yeah. And now it's like, no, I just need to apply this in a lot of different situations. Yes. So now it's like, in every every new climbing area you go to is just so dramatically different. Yeah. Like the rocks different, the movements different, the surroundings are different, the partnerships, the environments different, the weather is different. Yeah. Like, it's just all. It's just such different unique experiences every time yeah there's more variables to take into account which it's like it's kind of stepping up you know like you're stepping up into a new belt yeah i'm like yeah that's kind of what it feels like it's like i i need to put myself through more struggle to um, continue to bring like new more facts back Yeah, yeah yeah and it seems like you have a pretty good solid ground floor to start with that will aid you you know wherever you go I think I'm, I think, I mean, I feel, I feel ready to push myself, like, more than I have before, especially outside. Yeah. And I feel comfortable navigating, um, pushing, like, helping somebody else, like, help support somebody else in that process, too. For sure. But as I do it more, I will be better at supporting them, because, like, in the gym now, it's, like, it kind of comes second nature to me now when I'm in the gym coaching. It's kind of just like, kind of makes sense. Yeah. Especially like at the North Gym because I've been I've been there for a long time and I've been doing it a lot to where it's just like okay like, I kind of just it kind of just, 
can kind of just go to work. Right. Like it, you know? Yeah. Which um, is is good because it, like, shows a certain level of mastery, but then it also shows me that it's time to... Yeah, well, because they're climbing the ladder, and if you're not climbing up there with them, you're just going to be shouting from the bottom of the ladder. Right. You know? So, it, yeah, and in the gym now, it's like, it's not that there's not climbs to challenge me, but um, I need a different challenge. I, yeah. I need some... And it feels like the outdoors is kind of where that's at. Because there's so yeah. many things that I can learn about myself without the climbing even involved. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What does it look like to live longer term? Outdoors. Or out. Completely yeah. away from, like almost completely away from society. Yeah. What does that look like? Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Can't find Would out. Would love to find out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how it be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good way, man. Yeah. That's a good way. And it was so funny to work with you the other day and just kind of like, because I can feel it. Yeah. But it's like just, to, like just to see that like play out so clearly. Yeah. Like over and over again. Yeah. It's like, all right. Yeah. Yeah, so what happened is that we went out and, and read your chart. You booked a you booked an astrology reading with me. Yeah. And it's pretty funny how like it's always it's always funny to me where it's like, Yep, yeah, this is pretty clear. <laughs> yeah. This is pretty clear. It's like this, like this, like this. It's and, pretty uh, hard to disregard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, because that's the whole thing. Is that it's like regardless of um, the medium the information is important yeah and it's just a it's just a medium that i found for myself that just happens to be extremely effective for me and yeah. and how i work with people because and i like how you i like how you phrase it of like can you share like the tool like how you phrase it with like how you use it as a tool like how i see it as like a map of the psyche yeah like it's a tool to dig deeper into oh that. yeah totally it's a yeah it's a tool for self-awareness it's a tool to know yourself yeah you know and to know yourself at the level of your nature rather than at the level of uh enculturation and um at the level of influence by the environment and the culture uh and so it's kind of like well you have all of these rights and wrongs and shoulds and shouldn'ts and all of that, but like, how is it for you? Yeah. You know, how is it for you really? It's like, and, and how do you, how do you move towards that? Like for me, I see it as, as like the path of destiny, you know, like a natal chart just kind of shows how people's fundamental personality is is structured what they value um where they're going the direction what vocation would be important for them like you have like you have taurus in the 10th house so it makes sense that you would want a 10th house as the house of career so it makes sense that you would want to be moving more to a natural a nature domain because taurus is an earth science the feminine earth sign mother nature mother nature like that's literally what i was feeling yeah yeah and you have a capricorn north node so it's like you're going to consistently be moving in the direction of 
social accomplishment through career. Like your reputation's important to you. That climb, that diligence, my need to create structure and discipline in my life, like that's that's your trajectory. Whereas like with me, I have my North Node in Pisces in the third house. So having conversations, the third house is the house of communication. Pisces is the sign of is spirituality, unconditional love. And so it's like I'm motivated and consistently moving in the direction of having conversations about those kinds of topics. And obviously and these are just, you know, these are just like basic aspects of a chart and it gets really, really, really specific and it's incredibly complex. And you know, I can really empathize uh, with what with what uh, your experience has been, at least like what I know of your experience in coaching, is that coaching actually helps you refine your art. It helps you refine what you love and what you value. And astrology is very similar for me. You know, it's like I've hem-hawed around it for probably 12 years of pretty consistent interest. And when my Saturn return hit uh, a year and a half ago, it was like, okay, I'm spread too thin. I really need to look at the things that have withstood the test of time and that I've remained interested in for the longest period. And that was one. And really, really dive into that, you know. And I still have all kinds of things because I don't think I would consider myself to be a... I don't even know what a traditional astrologer looks like, but um, I think in a lot of ways, like I'm a pretty open person, and uh, yeah, I don't. But think I, but I don't fit the bill. You know what I mean? Like I'm into combat sports, and I'm into yeah. Like I like like guns and you know shit like that, and so it's it's kind of funny that um, that me moving in the direction consistently of a more sort of mystical uh, uh, field, it's just kind of, it's kind of funny, but the more I stray away from it, the more it reminds me, and it just comes back in, and I can't, I can't ignore it, and so when I started diving, diving deep into my own chart, and learning a lot, um, it was just like, holy shit, things that I already knew intuitively, I would see show up, and it's just like, that's what happened with me and you, like, Big time. You were talking, and I was like... You were like, uh, what the fuck is this dude talking about? (laughs) (laughs) But that's, yeah, it occurred, like, pretty clearly that, like, it was important. Yeah, yeah. Important and relevant, you know, because, and that's the thing, is it's like, it doesn't... You could take the planets out, you could take the signs out, you could take that out, but the attributes are the same because that's all they are, is it's just it's just archetypal patterns of human nature, you know. And some people are in Aries, you know, and some they have they can be aggressive and courageous and like to um, you know, pioneer. And some people are not that way at all. They're more like soft and empathetic, you know, they're gonna be more of that Piscean or, or water nature. And so it's like, it doesn't matter if I use the archetypes. I'm just learning to bring those in kind of as ownership and homage to uh, the, the art and science that has 
brought me this information, you know, and it's and it's relevant and it's transferable to all kinds of other areas. It's like psychology is they're saying the same thing. You know, it's all the same thing. And so it just so happens to be it just continues to aid me and it continues to become more relevant and until that stops happening uh, I think I'll probably be interested in it you know that's kind of the same thing when I was like I was kind of like I was going to school like a community college and I was kind of just like well, what do I want to do and I was like well what have I been doing for the longest time and yeah. I was like well I've been climbing yeah and like that feels that feels pretty in alignment for me yeah yeah just like things came together after I made that realization yeah yeah it's like you you went from this is what I should be doing because this is what everybody does because this is what they say that you have to you know go to a university to get a degree yeah you know universe university degree degree these are all you know, I have a friend, King, which I'll have him on this podcast, uh, that he, he likes to talk about things like that. Oh, you go to a university to get a degree. That's astrology. Like, yeah. That's what you're learning. Like, you're learning about yourself, which is, or you're learning about things. Like, yeah. And so, but when you, when you went away from that and you got more into what feels natural to me, yeah. what feels important to me innately, and you started focusing on that something else entirely appeared and that's that's really what I want is I want to help people understand their nature and sort of unwind some of the shoulds and shouldn'ts um, to really get to that place where it's like well you know this because this is you that's like that's why too that I feel myself like climbing I don't think will always be the container yeah like it's literally just getting people out into nature and like doing pretty difficult things yeah it's the medium i mean you yeah. already said that in the beginning is that you know one of your primary goals is to help people be good people yeah you know and that starts with being good to yourself totally 100 percent. yeah yeah you are your primary relationship yeah, yeah. i think we forget that i think so too <laughs> yeah yeah and no wonder we end up bitter and resentful and yeah. miserable <laughs> yeah. like well have you been taking care of yourself well no well <laughs> why don't we start there yeah that's a good place to start it's funny how though it, it oftentimes does feel harder to start there than to try to help somebody else yeah well most of the time we don't feel worthy you know it's like if you haven't been if you haven't been treated as if you're worthy of your own care it's like than you are yeah yeah it's like well, that's let's yeah let's work on that because you are yeah you know why wouldn't you be it's like it, you're here yeah. you know <laughs> you might as well why wouldn't you be i think that's that's what's cool is like the center the synergy of our relationship big time comes like comes through as like i i feel like we're we're both kind of up to uh the same thing yeah yeah yeah, in a funny way, just in in different ways. Yeah, yeah, but it's in very different ways in some regard. But just yeah. like that's kind of what we're we're up to. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of it's kind of cool how that how that happens. Big time. Yeah, big time. And I really feel like it. Uh, you know, there's a there's a uh, symbiotic 
relationship where complementary opposites come together. Yeah. You know, it's like you're fire and I'm air. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, it's like my curiosity fuels your expression. Yeah. And that it's like your son and Leo, so you desire to be appreciated. I like getting questions. I like questions. Yeah, exactly. But I like good questions. Yeah, for sure. Because they're shitty questions. There is <laughs> definitely shitty questions. <laughs> good questions, man. That was the that was the one for me that was like, oh, I don't have to have everything to say. Like I don't have to say it all. In fact, like if I allow people to say what they need to say, you know, it's it's like everyone's capable of uttering words of wisdom. Yeah. You know, and if I treat people like I can learn something from them, it's like, well, then I could probably learn something from them. I don't care who it is. Like, somebody has something of value to offer. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, I'm really, I'm really interested in that because I value people. Yeah. You know? 100%. Yeah. I see, yeah, I just, I, I see myself and everybody. Yeah. And that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like one of the things my teacher says is that where we judge others is where we hide. And that's true. True. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, you judge that person for cutting you off? What about two weeks ago when you cut somebody else off and went, ah, oh, shit, I'm sorry. You know, it's like we're all capable of making mistakes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, King always says, even a broke clock's right twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> I'm excited for you to talk to King so I can Oh dude, it's gonna be a great, listen. It's gonna be a great episode. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for it too. That'll be that'll be fun. He has a lot to share. He has a lot to share. And it's cool too because the way that our relationship kinda came about was it came about through astrology. Yeah. And it was like right in the moments that I was getting I was getting kinda deep into it. Like I just started like, okay, I got serious about it and I uh, just started kinda burning through books and um, practicing looking at myself and and really the the point of astrology is like to know well one is to know yourself but like for me like for example you know I got Mars and Pisces and something that I've always dealt with to some degree is the tendency to uh, cope with emotional pain through addiction and that's like totally yeah. Mars and Pisces thing whether it be alcohol or tobacco or porn or whatever it is you know and so it's like when I started when I started strengthening my Mars, my ability to act upon a desire that wasn't just uh, impulse gratification, which is Martian, it has the lower frequency of it, has the tendency to be very impulsive. Yeah. Um, and Pisces has the tendency to be very soft. And so it's like, well, if you don't have a strong Mars position, you're kind of going to be vulnerable and you're subject to have a lot of hidden anger because Pisces is a deep, deep sign. So it's like, I, I had a lot of that and we had those conversations and I was just like holy shit yeah that's right you know and I started I started strengthening my Mars and started to uh, withhold impulse gratifications and when I started doing that it was like oh my long game my long game is more effective when I'm not just constantly pacifying myself in some way right and that was where it was like okay moving through the limitations learning that it's like okay yeah I have the capacity to delay this gratification and that's what real like strength and power is yeah I mean the growth process is literally delayed gratification <laughs> totally yeah it's it's trading something for something quick and easy for something that's that's long and of more value yeah 
I think too. I was I was thinking when you were you were talking about. Um, actually, I don't remember. <laughs> it just went away. <laughs> what was it? What was it in reference to? Uh, it was in reference to like alignment. Oh, it's like uh, like you're you're talking about how. Um, know thyself yes for me it's experience thyself like yes. that's what's so important to me mm. yeah well I mean that's that's obvious in our moon placement you know my moon is in Aquarius I know your moon is in Aries I express I am oh, no your I sun am. is in I express okay or excuse me your sun is in I will which is Leo but yeah I am yeah I am is I am my body. I want yeah. to experience what I want to experience. I desire. I am here. What do I want? Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, I am here and I want to know. I want to know who I am. Yeah. You know, because if I know, then I know. Like, So it's 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 cool how, like, my my path took me into, like, the like climbing and your path took you into the, the knowing. Yeah. It's, just, it's cool how, it, like, no wonder it feels... Like, it feels easier. Yeah. 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 Because those things are transferable. Because there's limitations also to to I know, you know. But it's like, because it's like I know I need to go to the gym. It's not the same as going to the gym. Right. But knowing that that's not the same is enough to go, okay, I actually need to go to the gym. I need yeah. to express that Aries. I need to get that. I need to get in there right. and do that. And so it's like. And I see, that's why I value you, and that's why I said to you that um, I really appreciate that you have the wisdom of a man who has a strong body, like a strong heart and a strong body, because there is wisdom. You know, your body has intelligence, and if your body is calm, your mind is calm, and your heart can be open. You know, but if my if I'm just locked in concepts, which is easy for me to do with my son in Gemini, you know, it's like in my Mercury and my Venus and, my, you know, all that in Gemini, it's easy to just stay in this mental domain. Yeah. And it's like, well, you're here. You're here in a body. Yeah. You got to you gotta treat it as such. And that's why I was so prone to anxiety was because I was constantly thinking, you know, constantly. Like, I have all of these ideas, but if I can't ground them into reality, they just stay useless, <laughs> you know, because that's the real use of an idea is that, one, you can share a perspective. And two, you can bring something into being that wasn't, that wasn't. Yeah, it's like being really smart, but you have nothing to say. Exactly. It's like, well, that doesn't matter then. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, man. So that's why a lot of my work has been focusing on, on physical well-being, in which if I'm to express my solar self effectively, my son's in the sixth house. So that's the house of health. Health is important to me. And it was just like what you were saying about, uh, you know, climbing and that if you're not in there climbing, then you have nothing to bring back. It's like, for me, it's like, sometimes I think I'm immune to my own advice. It's like, you know, or no, it's when you were saying that you were, you were uh, being watched as you were training yesterday. And it was like, breathe, breathe. And you were like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do need to do that. Yeah. Like, for me, the other day, I was thinking, I was like, man, I know all of these things. Like, I know, like, all different kinds of nutritional supplements that are top-notch. And, and 
you know, and, and lately my diet has kind of been all over the place. It's getting cleaned up, but it was just like, oh, I know that if I was implementing these things, I would feel way better. And feeling way better allows me to express myself more effectively. And literally more information is available. My mind is able to process information differently. New ideas come in because now it's like, well, you actually have the capacity to implement it. You're grounding those things in. And so I started noticing this as, uh, you know, for lack of better terms, like manifestation tools. Like, okay, if you want to bring an idea into reality, it doesn't matter what it is, you can do something to bring that idea into reality. And where you can start is like, well, get the idea that you want to be strong in your body and stand there and really keep bringing that idea down into reality. That is bringing thought into form. And having that strong body, it's like, okay, now I can use this. Now I can trust myself to bring an idea into reality. And now I can use this, I can use my body where I'm actually at on earth to bring another idea into reality. To actually, so it's like, so it's like, you know, actually like buying the microphones and actually, um, you know, getting something tangible to, to make. Starting somewhere. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But it has to be in reality, something in reality, because having great ideas is just ideas. They don't, they're, they're imagination. They, they're, you know, like they don't live anywhere. Right. They just live in my mind. It's like someone said, oh, I had that idea. It's like, yeah, but they brought it into reality. Yeah. Like I had an idea that come to me like, I don't know, 10 years ago. And I watched it come back and then I built the whole thing in my mind. Like I built the whole prototype. And I went out and I bought like a couple of things, but I just didn't focus on it. Like I didn't focus on really bringing it into reality. And I had all these ideas. It was a, it was like a sun visor that you would attach to a, a car visor but it was deeply tented and you could fold it down so like when you're driving into the sun you could still see like what's in front of you but it would block it out it'd be way darker than sunglasses and you could still see lights you could still see cars you could see everything but it was just like a deeper tent like a visor you can't see through at all yeah and so i was like oh yeah then i could like patent that and then i could market it to like trucking companies and city companies and you know places that focus on safety and you know like railroad safety is like essential it could be you know they would buy it for like five bucks a piece or whatever and then you know that would and so it was just like all these ideas and then I never fucking really did anything with it and uh, I ended up in a truck stop I don't know like a year and a half or two years ago on some adventure that I was on and I looked over and I saw my idea sitting there on the shelf and I was like, well, it wasn't really my idea because I didn't bring it into being. It was just like, found a new, found a new way to manifest itself. Yeah, you know. And so, but it's okay because the, you know, my mind is still here. It's still, I'm still connected with it. So it's like, it's just a matter of time before I do something of real use with it. And I feel like yeah. this is one of those things. You know? I th- it feels that way. I think so. Yeah. yeah, definitely feels that way. Yeah, especially for like. You know, when when I'm like, I feel like I'm doing a, like a lot of the work, and then to like come to you and like feel, like, oh, okay, like, yeah, I didn't see that or I didn't know that. Like anything that can bring more awareness to anything is important for sure. So yeah, 
Yeah, my mentor would say, you know, if it wasn't for the air signs, we'd all just kill each other <laughs> because they're the ones that bring the ideas. Like it's like you want to talk, you want to share ideas. Like those are important to you. And me, with all of my Gemini and and my North Node in the third house, which is the house of Gemini. You were the one that would have walked into a city and like talked them down and then made an agreement totally before war happened totally yeah 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 because i also have venus and mercury in the seventh house which is the house of relationships justice and so it's like there's a there's a tendency for me to be a natural diplomat that's important to me diplomacy is important to me keeping the peace is important to me harmony like because it's like well, we're way more effective that way you know it's like oh you want this you want this okay great we both have a mutual want you love your kids, you love your family, you love this. Okay, we both have things we can agree on. Like, we're very similar in this way. All right, how do we make a solution that takes care of both of us? And that's why ideas are very important because if you can if you can work things out intellectually, you don't have to work things out physically, you know? And that's why ideas are very valuable and perspective is very valuable. And that's why I aim to to gain perspective in the areas that I feel like I'm effective but also I feel very interested and that I find valuable because I know that it would bring value to other people's lives me sharing my perspective brings value to other people's lives like I see it I know it like it's not even a and so it's just taken me some time to really get to the place where I really own that yeah and uh, and, and implement you know in a way that it's like oh no this actually feels like this actually feels like my purpose. It's important for me to do this. Libra in the 10th house, same thing. Career oriented towards balancing relationships, being fair, being just, like creating yeah. harmony, beauty amongst my environment, very important to me. Yeah. And I feel, and I feel effective at it, you know, creating the men's group. Yeah. Um, and in doing it, it's like, I just started noticing, it's like, okay, well, just because I don't have the platform to make money, it's like, there's other ways that I can make money that still take care of my needs, you know? Sure. That it's like, it allows me to do what I need to do, what I want to do, what I enjoy doing. Talking to people, it helps me express myself more effectively, helps me deal with some of that social tension, and helps me to become stronger in there. That's what can be hard for me, because it's almost like my work needs to be an expression. expression an expression. expression. Totally. So it's like, I don't know if I can do like... Well, your north node is in the fifth house of Leo. Yeah. And your sun is in Leo. Like, yeah. expression is... And your rising is Leo. Yeah. Expression is like... I don't have a choice. So important that you don't. <laughs> you already chose. Yeah. <laughs> you already made the choice. Yeah. That was your choice. Now I'm just doing it again and again and again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because as soon as I... Yeah. And I think that's why it's fun uh, in the outdoors because it's like me climbing mm -hmm. is is a teacher. Mm. So me, doing, me just doing it with somebody is a teacher. For sure. Yeah. And you're just like naturally oriented towards that role. You know? Like you're just like... You're just naturally set up to do that you're naturally set up to lead and you have it's like what you know at an intuitive level of how to be effective in that is very obvious I think for most people that meet you you know it's just like it's just a part of your natural beingness you know so it's like 
no kidding you would want to focus on that. Like, no kidding you would want to be your best at that because you're already, it's valuable, you know, and people already see it. People already, you know, recognize that about you. Which is, appreciate that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> cool, man. Well, uh, any any last words? Anything else that the, the people need to know about you? Um, I'm just excited that this is happening. Yeah. Uh, I think just to know about me, like, um, I like to express myself, but I also enjoy, like, I enjoy connecting with people. Yeah. So if there's ever a chance that you can connect with me, like, do it. Yeah. Because even if I'm, like, yelling and, like, you know, like, trying really hard and, like, climbing, it's, like, that, I'm just expressing, like, that moment. That's not, I'm, like... Yeah. That's not Connor's, like, one of the most approachable people in the world. Like, he's one of the most approachable people. And uh, there was something else that I was going to say when we ran oh I ran into to Jeff Jeff is a guy that we uh, we ran into I work at a cigar shop in Kansas City and he comes in there and he saw Connor and was just like man you have the best smile you should be on a billboard and <laughs> I ran into him last night he was like man that guy's awesome he's like he really should be on a billboard I'm like I'm serious he was a really great guy a really nice guy um Damn it! I'm trying to pull out what I was gonna say. But there's, one other thing. there's moments where where people won't approach me because they put something they like put something over it. This is it. Yeah. Tell them uh, what you said. You said this to me. You said that uh, if you're not if you're too busy to listen to somebody's story, you're off the path. Yeah, if, if you don't have time to hear someone's story, you've lost your way completely. Yes, yes, yeah. And so it's like, you live that. You live that. Like, you're, like, up for listening to people. And you're up for, like... It's something that's really important to you, and it's obvious, that connection. Yeah. Meeting people. It's like, well, fuck, how did... How we met is just so funny, because I met Ida yeah. at Moose Jaw, yeah. and then I'm talking to her for, like, an hour and a half, and she's like, you have to meet my boyfriend. You have to meet him. I was like, all right, like, cool. And she's like, well, we'll make dinner for you. And then I'm like, okay, cool. And then I go walk over and we just walk in. It's like, oh, oh, hey. <laughs> and it's just like, boom, yeah. right from the start. It was like, Nothing about it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah. cool. It is cool. Yeah. <laughs> so come say hi. Yeah, come say hi. Come say hi. <laughs> like, talk to me about what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I want. Yeah, so condorclimbing.com, is that where they can, they want to book a session with you or anything like that? That's that's the website, that's where I share a lot of, like, what I'm up to. Yeah. Um, there's not really much booking to do through that yet, because it's still, like, it's not at a place where, like, if a bunch of people booked, it would maybe be an issue <laughs> right now. Yeah. Because I'm still coaching in the gym a lot, I'm kind of... Uh, kind of slowly working out of that role more yeah, yeah so like yeah just just like contact me and just yeah that's the easiest way is just like reach out to me through my email or through the site and just like tell me what you're up to and like if I can help we'll figure something out because because right now it's like I want to work with a lot of people um, but 
it makes more sense for me to work with less people more specifically yeah um, until like it's kind of worked out like this next step has worked out a little bit more for sure um, so I'm down I'm so down to help and I probably can so just reach out to me and just start start the conversation oh yeah yeah well cool brother well I appreciate the conversation I appreciate you uh, letting me use your mic and your little rig set up and sit here and in Westport and get asked for cigarettes by homeless people and hear all it's the good. trucks and everything go by. It's good. Um, but it's good to it's good to start and I'm glad and it makes sense that you would be the first person I'd talk to. So I appreciate that. I appreciate the conversation, man. As always. Cool. <laughs> so there we go. I hope our conversation inspires you to make a move in becoming the best version of yourself. Thanks for listening.